if we see things in black and white, it's very rigid and it makes us feel like, oh my God, that's it. I messed up. Oh. Well, that's the great thing about consulting supports because when it does go wrong, you don't say I screwed up. You go to them and say, thank you for ruining my life. <laughs> Oh, the March to 100 episodes continues. Here we are, episode 96, coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly, a licensed mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime patient. And we are covering something here in the late 90s, which I'm surprised we haven't really tread upon before, because this is something that I often say to people when it comes to making decisions, Mm -hmm. when it comes to mental health. You should never make one that is totally emotional or totally logical. You've got to try to find a balance. And you and I, earlier this week, Courtney, were having a conversation about going with your gut or overthinking things. And that's not to say never say never when it comes to any of this, but I think as with all things, when it comes to your mental health, you got to find that balance. Yeah, you absolutely do. And I know we want to make that emotional decision like, oh my gosh, and you get so excited, but we do have to look at all parts of it. And that's why we call it wise mind. We often teach people how to go to wise mind, which is you understand the emotional part of things, but you also need to look at the consequences of any of those choices when you are stepping out in the emotion. Sometimes, yeah, we're going to run by emotion. But we also have to look at the bigger picture, which is where we bring in some of that rationality. But like you said, it is a balance between the two. And sometimes it can be hard and we can question ourselves and overthink it as we're trying to figure out some of these decisions. In my own personal experience and with some of the dumb friends that I hang out with, (laughs) a lot of them are very, very bright in everyday life. But the one area where they get tripped up when it comes to this, especially, and myself included, Mm -hmm. when you're making romantic decisions. Mm. And so many times you go emotional, you don't go logical. And that's not to say that you should just be a droid when you make that decision and go on all logic. Right. You've got to follow both your head and your heart. Absolutely. And I think, yes, with love, <laughs> like we've talked about in other times too, we're saying, that's it. This is not a good relationship for me. I'm done. And then a week later, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best. And I know we're going to make it work this time. That's one of the things when it swings to the extremes, that's one way to tell too, that it might not be so healthy for you. Now, some of us get addicted to it. We love the extremes and that's how sometimes we think that's what a relationship is, the highs, the lows, but that's exhausting and it can be unhealthy. It's the gut versus overthinking tug of war. (laughs) That's what's happening. It really is like that, isn't it? Yeah. And with overthinking too, that can make you very anxious and go into that too, where you can get really depressed because sometimes when we think about things too much, it's like we overanalyze to the point where it's, oh my gosh, we give ourselves a headache and then we're lost in it. And then sometimes we start to feel badly about ourselves because we're thinking, oh my gosh, why can't I just pick this? I think that decision making, sometimes we can just get really overwhelmed because there's either too much to choose from or there's too much history there or there's just too much. So sometimes we have to step back. And that's where sometimes the gut comes in to say, hey, wait a minute, if there's this nagging feeling, maybe we need to listen to it. I think fear comes in and plays a part a lot of times. And so sometimes we go one way because we're fearful, but other times we go another way because we don't want to miss out on something, even if it's disappointing us over and over and over again. Here's the good news, bad news for yours truly. I do have an ample gut. However, (laughs) I also have OCD and that's where the overthinking can Mm. really become a problem. And that's where I really have to try to shut myself down. And in the past, I've discussed the usage of that visual stop sign in your head. Stop. You're going down a path that you don't want to go down. And I try to remind myself what I was told back in high school. And this isn't necessarily a cure-all 
for anything, but to slow me down when they said, you're doing the multiple choice thing for the SATs, go with your gut instinct, go with what you first thought. Don't say, I'm going to go this, but then look at B, C, and D and say, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about that? Because before you know it, first of all, you're going to get a 200 on your SATs because you're not (laughs) finishing anything. And second of all, yeah, you can overthink it to a point that you can talk yourself out of sometimes the right answer. Well, I hate to throw a wrench in that, but there was some research saying that the second instinct can actually be helpful. You know what, though? The problem is- There's research for everything. And I've had it to me before, too, where I would stop and say, well, go with my first. Wait a minute. Sometimes you need that extra time to think on it and rationally go through it for the answer. So it's one of those things where you, you, you know, don't get too caught up in it. Yes, go with the first one if you're, you know, if that's where your gut is telling you. But sometimes it is the second one. That's why this is so confusing, Brian, because sometimes I think I overthink things, but I think, no, no, I'm preparing myself. What's the difference between trying to problem solve something and taking a long time and just ruminating on it? And sometimes that's where we get stuck. It's like, well, if we can apply some rational problem solving and then figure it out and then step away and then sit with that for a little while and see if that works for you and how that feels rather than just sitting in it over and over and over again. That's why I tell people our brains are meant to problem solve, but sometimes it's trying to solve problems that we can't solve, like other people's issues or feelings that we've had from a long time ago that won't go away. Sometimes we just have to be aware of that and we have to know that, okay, this is normal for this indecision to come up in me. But to give yourself time, just enough time, not too much time (laughs) to figure it out. Well, the bottom line is research changes from day to day. Red wine is good for you. Red wine is horrible for you. So you have to just take all of it with a grain of salt. But I think maybe the best way to examine this whole thing when it comes to your gut instinct versus that second guess or whatever, okay, maybe the first guess or the second guess, that's not too bad. When you start talking 7, 8, 9, Mm -hmm. 11, 12, and (laughs) about nine of those are going back and forth between one and two, Mm -hmm. you're not doing yourself any favors. Right. With the rumination. And that's what I deal with a lot of times with people where they focus in on something and just go over it and over it and over it. I had someone recently come to me and this is a great problem to have. And I reminded the person that a few years ago, they would have loved to have this problem, having two jobs to choose from. And this, I think, is a common thing. People will have this opportunity and they're so excited. Then this other job opportunity comes in and they're like, oh, wait a minute, which one should I go with? And people are trying to decide. There's a lot on the line. It's your future. But I tell people, sit with it, get as much information as you can and then sit with it for a little while, put yourself at peace and say, you know what, in life sometimes we're not going to quote unquote make the absolute right decision. We don't know. We can't see the future. But that's where sometimes it can be a little tricky where we get overwhelmed by these big decisions. And there's no way to know. And my wife ran into exactly that thing Mm. a couple of years ago where she had two job opportunities. One paid more than the other. The other one she thought, maybe my heart will be more into that. And Mm -hmm. she went back and forth and back and forth. And eventually Eventually, after having some discussions with people that she loves, she decided to go with the one that was maybe a little bit more money mm-hmm. and might have been easier for her to succeed at. And then as that proceeded, she started to say to herself, oh, my God, I think I've made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Now, where you can get tripped up with this is you're thinking, I've made this horrible decision. I've ruined my life. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening for her was she stuck with 
with it for a certain amount of time. And then suddenly out of the sky, another opportunity mm-hmm. dropped into her lap, which was better than even the other two. Right. And that's what she's doing now. And I think this is what you have to tell yourself when you get caught up in that vortex. Mm-hmm. No matter what decision you're making, don't make it feel like it's closure, it's finality. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be able to escape it. Just say, sometimes I'm just going to have to follow where the tide takes me, see how it works out. And if it doesn't work out, I will have options. Mm -hmm. I will find ways to do something else. As we've always said, it is your failures that you learn the most from. So don't be afraid of failure. I'm not saying embrace failure. You don't want to become Brian Muller. Oh, stop. (laughs) But no, what I'm saying is sometimes you do have to stumble and Mm -hmm. tumble. And sometimes you make the decision you're not sure. And you're like, I think I might have made the wrong one. And it ends up being the right one. You just never know when it comes to that stuff. And here's where you can really see how this can be unhealthy for you. That person with the two jobs, my wife, when they lay down to go to sleep at night and it is keeping you up, that's a perfect demonstration of how this is affecting your health. Right, exactly. Being open to that and knowing, saying, okay, well, maybe I made that decision and maybe now after working there for a certain amount of time or what have you, that you're starting to see like, okay, it's not honoring my values or this isn't working for me. Being honest with yourself and taking that time too, but not beating yourself up and saying, I made the wrong decision. Sometimes in life, that is the nature of life, right? I mean, we get as much information as we can, just like you mentioned, sit with your supports, the people that you trust, that know you best, but still you may make a decision that a few months from then you think, oh no, this was the wrong one. Well, maybe it was where you needed to be to learn certain things that you needed to learn to move ahead on your journey. Maybe it's not the best place as far as being happy and wanting to stay there forever, but looking at it like, how do I make this work for me in this place? Now, what you also mentioned too was having more flexibility with your thinking. And we've talked about that before too. If we have more flexibility, then we're able to be open to more perspectives. If we see things in black and white, it's very rigid and it makes us feel like, oh my God, that's it. I messed up. Oh, and we get so upset. So if we're having a little bit more flexibility and saying, okay, there's options. Let's see how this unfolds. That is really very healthy, especially when it comes to decision making. Well, that's the great thing about consulting supports, because when it does go wrong, you don't say, I screwed up. You go to them and say, thank you for ruining my life. (laughs) Right. So you can blame them. So that's the thing. (laughs) That's key. That's the best you can do. And always just do the best you can do and then let it go. When I talk to people, if there's something they get really amped up about, we talk about worry once, worry well, do a little worry journaling or sit down, put a timer and just keep worrying. And they go, really? They can't believe their therapist is telling them to sit down and worry. I said, worry for 20 minutes. Just keep worry, worry, worry. Oh, the worst case scenario. And then stop and go do something else. (laughs) Let yourself do it. Immerse yourself in it for a very short, limited amount of time. The thing about worry is it's not always bad. Sometimes worry can help us to think of solutions for things. So give yourself that opportunity, but don't give yourself that opportunity all day long and ruminate over something over and over again. Catch yourself, much like what you said about the stop sign. Catch yourself in the moment when that starts to happen and say, stop, what else do I need to do? What can I put my focus on that I can control right now and give myself a break? Because that's the problem is when we let it go like a runaway train. And then by the time you're done with that, you're feeling awful about yourself and you've created so much more anxiety and probably depression. And realize there are no absolutes in life. There are Mm -hmm. no perfect answers and there is no perfect formula to any of this because I can tell you in my earlier adult life, 
I went with my gut a lot, and my gut, it was right every single mm. time, especially when it came to my career. I made some decisions, and people said, you were out of your mind, and I just said, you know what? My gut is telling me I need to zig when people are telling me to zag, and I kept landing on my feet like a cat. Ever since I turned, I don't know, maybe 38 years old, I hate my gut. Oh, <laughs> my don't gut. hate your gut. Every <laughs> single instinct I have, I've turned into Costanza. I'm George. I've become George. I feel like Elaine, where every gut decision I make just keeps blowing up in my face. So with that in mind, I have to realize that this is not the path that I need to go down every single time. Sometimes I need to push my gut aside and go more with my head, or sometimes I have to find the middle ground between the two. But if you go through a stretch, it's almost like a gambler. You hit that winning streak. So what do you do? Instead of keeping the money, you keep doubling down, doubling down, doubling down until you lose everything. Realize that things are cyclical and they can be streaky when it comes to your gut, when it comes to thinking logically, and maybe even sometimes when you're using both of them at the same time. It's not a one-size-fits-all. And maybe we need to make your gut more healthy, Brian, because they have all this research, which I know you don't like. I like research, but it's just, it contradicts itself all the time. It does. But we do get a lot of good information from it. But one of the things is how related our gut is to our brain and how it communicates. And so they've shown that people with more anxiety and depression, they may have like IBS and irritable bowel syndrome, there's a lot to show that if you can have a healthier gut, you actually have better mental health. So there's a lot of evidence there. It's one of those things. The gut is important, and this is why, and this is why we listen to the gut. I hate to shoot down your research, but my gut was in way worse shape (laughs) when I was (laughs) making right decision after right decision (laughs) after right decision. No, it's just the fact that the gut is important and how it communicates. Mm -hmm. So I'm just suggesting maybe we give it some probiotics. We're going to get you some (laughs) nice yogurt. Can I get a Greek yogurt over here? Jamie Lee Curtis in the room. <laughs> exactly. But I thought that was really interesting. And it's something that I do mention to clients, but I'm not a doctor, so I don't go right. into it a lot. But I just talk about how important it is to take good care of yourself and what you're nourishing yourself with. And that is related to how good we're going to feel. Well, I will say big picture, when you feel better about yourself physically, that does affect your mental mm-hmm. state of mind. If you feel like a useless fat tub of crap, <laughs> you're already down as soon as you get out of bed. Right. And that can cloud your decisions. But if you are of a positive mindset, and as we've discussed many times, that's something I battle every single day because I skew more towards negative. Mm-hmm. Newsflash for all of you who are tuning in for the first time. <laughs> they were like, what? If you've got 95 <laughs> episodes under your belt, I can stop talking right now. <laughs> but no, that is the thing. There have been times where a lot of people would say to me when I would lose a lot of weight, and there have been times I've lost 75 pounds, mm. don't you feel better? And I say, physically, I don't feel any different. But in my head, mm. I'm proud of what I accomplish. Yeah. I'm more confident when I walk into a room. And I think my head's a little bit more clear mm-hmm. because I don't have that other garbage in the back of my mind right. that is distorting everything else because that's just more problems on top of the other one that I'm trying to mm-hmm. solve. Yeah. Sometimes for mental health, we might just pigeonhole it and say, okay, we need medication. We need this. We need this. But again, it's about taking care of yourself. It's about giving yourself that love in that way of like, okay, you're worth it to look out for and also to nourish. It's interesting because I just flashed back to being a young wannabe comedy writer mm-hmm. and somebody recommended a book to me by this guy Gene Parrott who was a comedy writer from way back. I think he was the head writer for Bob Hope and some of the advice that he would give, I think number one or number two was stay physically active and I thought, 
well, why is he putting yeah. this in here? And I think it was a combination of a couple of things. Exactly what I was talking about mm-hmm. with keeping your brain clear and not having to worry about, am I doing everything wrong from a physical perspective? But also, too, writing is a very sedentary lifestyle. Right. And you can fall into the trap, just like with radio, too. And this schedule that we have for morning radio, mm-hmm. where you're just tired all the time and you literally have to drag yourself up onto a treadmill or to even just take a walk to clear your head. And mm-hmm. sometimes like a walk, something like that. We talk about the nature hikes. Both of us like to take those. How much good that does for your brain and your mental health. And when you come back from something like that, sometimes that's the time to start making decisions. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because you want to clear it out. You want to get rid of some of that and all of that angst and that anxiety. So I always tell people, yeah, go for a walk, clear your head or do a little exercise. I have some people who maybe aren't wanting to go outside, especially in the cold weather. I'm like, do some walking in the house, run up the stairs in your apartment building. And it really does help. It helps with your mental health. It helps you to feel better, but it also helps you, like you said, to process through some of that junk that we have. As far as walking around your residence, you can tell I have a studio apartment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing a tenth of a mile at a time, and yet I still need incremental breaks. (laughs) It gets a little tired. Needs a snack. You know what's even more exhausting, though, Courtney, than having to deal with your own gut versus dealing with the overthinking? Mm -hmm. When there are other people who are asking for your advice, I say this all the time. They just want to talk and talk and talk about their problems. They never ask about you. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you tell them, they won't do it because they want the wrong answer. And it's almost like they're pounding you for the wrong answer, trying to beat you down to get you on their page. Sometimes you got to get those people out of your life yeah. because that's even worse than your own problems at times. Or you have to have that boundary where right. you're saying, okay, just like in counseling, sometimes the same topic comes up over and over again. And we've been through it a lot of times. <laughs> we'll say, I think you're not really in a place ready to make a change on that. So maybe we can process something else. It's kind of in that way too, where not that people have to take our advice, but if they're like, yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. They're dismissing everything. And they just still feel like they're in the same place. Maybe just shifting and talking about something else. You might feel that in a friendship that it's starting to burn you out because you're just like, we keep dealing with the same thing over and over again, but it's not getting a resolve. It's not going anywhere. Give them some empathy. That's a really tough situation, but try to steer it in another direction until they're ready to actually want to have more of a productive conversation. And sometimes you might be that emotional leech and not even realize Mm -hmm. it. And where you really have to be cognizant of that fact is when you're in a romantic relationship. Because sometimes when I've been really down and I've struggled with depression, Mm -hmm. I suck the life right out of a room and it has caused relationships to end. So not only are you ruminating about a certain problem that you have and overwhelming somebody else with it, you're creating a new one because eventually that person's going to be like, all right, well, bye bye. And then what? Right. And it can be helpful too back in the day in my 20s there were some times when I would get really frustrated and upset about certain things and I would bring it up over and over again and to my husband Mike's credit at the time we were a boyfriend and girlfriend sometimes it was about acting or something like that and be like why when's it gonna happen for me like I would just be and he would be like so what are you doing about it what do you want to do about it he's very action focused so it was actually helpful the way that he would talk to me he would be empathetic but he also tried to help me to push more towards some actions. And he did that with other things that I was struggling with, with some issues with family, with friendships. And so it can be very powerful to have that person who you know has your back and loves you. And you can have that and say, I love you. 
I just want to give you that support. But sometimes you talking about such and such, I don't know what to say to you because it's not changing. So I can just listen, but I can also help you to take some action to change it. Well, the other thing to think and to say to people, because I've mentored many people career-wise, mm-hmm. your now husband was correct. Mm-hmm. You've got to be in the right place at the right time for right. that to happen. But what you also have to realize is it's not you who defines the right time. Right. The universe defines the right time. And if you're not in that place at the right time, mm-hmm. you could miss out on it. The movie Sliding Doors, Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. The movie begins with this woman who's rushing to catch a subway. In one version, the door shut just before she gets on. In another one, she just barely makes it. And then for the rest of the movie, it shows you how her entire life changed mm. between the two scenarios yeah. because you were either in the right or the wrong place. I say it to stand-up comedians all the time who are getting frustrated. I don't know if I want to do it anymore. It's starting to feel like it's never going to happen. I say, it didn't happen for Rodney Dangerfield until he was 40, but if mm-hmm. he wasn't up on that stage at 41 or whatever it was, yeah. it never would have happened. If he gave up at 29 and said, screw this, I'm not going to do it. And that's not to say that you should go until you're 70 because <laughs> at some point you have to make a living. Yeah. But if you really feel passionate about something and you really have to work on it and you can't let it go until you've at least given it that go, yeah, you've got to mm-hmm. do it. But you have to realize, again, we are the universe's We are on the universe's timetable, and if you have the stomach for it, or the gut, as we've been saying all day, then that's great. But if you don't, then you have to start thinking about something else. Something else just did come to mind, though. You were talking about gut health and how that can help with mental health. Who brought Crunch and Munch in for me today? (laughs) Who's constantly bringing me brownies? Oh, I like to give you snacks, Brian. (laughs) Brian, I don't want you to get too successful. (laughs) Brian Happy is good for my mental health, so I try to to get it done with sugar, people. Give him little snacks, you know. <laughs> just to make them happy. You always bring up good points, Brian. You made another good point just a moment ago. But it's true. Yes, there's a lot with the universe. It's also where the person is at and how they're feeling. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we want something for someone so much that we're trying to push them towards something when they're just not ready for it. I guess that's why it's so difficult. I know when I was in New York and struggling actress, at one point, I was just so sad. I just wanted to go home. I didn't want to do this anymore. But yet I was so conflicted because they always say acting is like pounding your head against the wall and expecting the wall to move. That's how aggravating it is. And also how hard it is to have success in it. But it's one of those things you question yourself. Yeah, but what if, what if I'm so close to the diamond and I just have to keep chipping away just a little bit more? It's hard. And I think that's why we always recommend therapy. That's why we do this podcast. It's okay. If you keep stumbling on something that you're having an issue with as far as overthinking and it's really interfering with the stuff that you want to do in your life. And maybe there's some self-sabotage in there and low self-esteem and stuff. That's definitely important to seek some help around that. And it can be good to have someone who's not going to be biased as far as a family member or a friend who can sit and give you that space to try to process through because this can be really hard. When we overthink things, we can have more depression, we can have less creativity, it can really stifle us. So it is important to be able to figure out where the healthy boundary is with that. And the bottom line about taking healthy action, as your now husband suggested, is you do put yourself out there, you do try because, mm-hmm. as I've always said, the worst question you can ask yourself at the end of your life is, what if? Yeah. But if you can tell yourself, hey, 
I gave it my best shot. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out. It wasn't meant to be whether or not that was because I'm not the person to do that or whether or not that wasn't the right time. At least I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I never tried because that will torture you more than anything else. If we live on autopilot, which a lot of times we feel like we are, we're just doing ABCD, ABCD, ABCD. It's like we need to break away from that and really put some time into thinking about what it is we want because time rushes by and we need to figure out what's important to us and what our values are. But it's also that balance of not overthinking things. But yeah, if there's certain things that we want to have out of life, we do need to take those actions and figure out the best path to get that done. And the way I always look at it, too, is with the whole journey in New York and L.A., I always think it's really about the journey. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's not about the destination. I mean, where do we end up in the end? We're not here anymore in the end, right? The journey, all of the things that I learned, the people that I bumped into and met, also everything that I can teach from that. When I meet with people, they get it when I say, I just left everything I knew and moved there and didn't know anyone and just got an apartment and tried to figure it all out. It means something when people understand that you've been somewhere where you can speak from that perspective and say, yeah, I really did try. And maybe in the end, I failed at certain things. I'm not a famous actress, but I was able to count on myself. And there's so many lessons that I've learned that when I came home, I was able to pursue other things with more confidence. And there's a lot of good things that came out of it. The easiest thing to do is to not challenge yourself. And it's weird because I had the opposite experience of a lot of people where I did make the move out to Los Angeles and I was thriving and things were going really, Mm. really well. Where I know a lot of people will go out there or New York and they will struggle. In the middle of everything going so well there, a marriage was not going so well, Mm -hmm. which forced me to move back home to which I could say for the rest of my life, well, what if I stayed out there? And I can ask that question and sometimes I do ask it, but not in a regretful way. I'm just like, Geez, I wonder what that path would have been. But I also realized that if I hadn't come back, I wouldn't have reconnected with my current wife. I would not be married to her. Mm -hmm. And she brings me more happiness than anything else in my entire life. I always say it. It's the family. It's my house. It's the dog. It's not necessarily what I do. It's who I am and who I surround myself with. Present company included. And we would not be working together now Mm -hmm. if not for that. And I also realized that in radio and on the podcast, I have so much more creative control than I had out there. And that was driving me crazy to a degree. I'm way more a New England guy than a West Coast guy. Mm -hmm. So that's the reward of having taken that chance. Whether you're succeeding and have to come back or whether you fail and have to come back, Mm -hmm. look at the big picture. Because in the moment, as I said, the easiest thing to do is to say, I'm not going to try. I'm too scared. Yeah. The hard thing to do is to go out there and try it. But in the big picture, like you have been able to say to yourself, I'm glad I did it. Look at all the lessons I learned. Look where I am now. I can say all of the exact same things. And even though we had similar but different experiences, we both ended up in the same place. Right here on Coping on the Couch (laughs) with Courtney and Brian. There's going to be fears and everything. And I think that's part of the overthinking or the ignoring it all together is because we're so fearful. We don't want to make a mistake. Well, guess what? You're going to make a mistake. You're going to mess things up. Things are going to blow up here and there. Sometimes, but that's okay. You're going to learn from it. You're going to move on. You're going to continue to make decisions, and your life is going to be richer for it. We can't just sit on the sidelines and have everything else going on around us. That's why I think, like with the binge watching and the TV, and there's like all these things to get our attention, but you're looking at somebody else's life, somebody else's vision, somebody else's creativity. When do you want to pull it for yourself and say, What do I want for me? What adventure do I want to live for me? I've said it many times entertainment is designed to be distractions from Mm -hmm. how horrible everything 
everything is, and it's fine to use it from time yeah. to time as a seasoning. You of don't want to make it the main course because then the next thing you know, you're not living your life. Exactly. And when it comes to failure and what you just said, after my first marriage failed, I could have said and did at times, well, I'm never doing that again. Mm-hmm. If I had stuck to that, I would not have the best thing I have in my life yeah. right now. So you can't look at it that way. Right. As I always say, it's a journey. Be along for the ride. Don't fight the tide, the current. We've talked about that current. Mm-hmm. Courtney doesn't like my analogy for that, so <laughs> I won't go any further okay. into it. But no, seriously, yeah. go with the flow and don't wrap yourself so much up in the angst of the overthinking, mm-hmm. but don't also, too, do the emotional knee-jerk thing. Let me give you an example, a recent one of that, and we said this in a recent podcast, I think it was last week. The emotional knee-jerk reaction, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Mm. Chris Rock not saying anything, not putting anything in his act about it, taking his time to think about the right way to address it in the future. Right. That's the right way to mm-hmm. do things. Exactly. We're going to have sometimes where we act out of emotion, we feel badly about it, but it is important to give ourselves that time to look and go to wise mind and say, okay, what am I feeling? We're not denying our feelings, but we're also looking at the consequences of our actions and look at it in a bigger picture. And sometimes it's a balancing game. Do I need to take a break here? It's about having a little bit more self-awareness about, do I need to take a break? Do I need to sit down and think about this? Do I need to worry for a little while and then give it a break? What do I need right now in order to move forward? And then ultimately, you got to make that decision and you got to commit to it. And then, like you said, if there's an issue later on down, you change it up and make another decision. <laughs> Courtney, I could talk to you all day, but there is crunch in my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've got snacks. And we that's your go. fault. <laughs> in the meantime, if people want to know where you're getting your crunch and munch, or if they have some questions for you about anything that we've just discussed or anything else, how can they contact you? You can email me, wellness at wctk.com. You can also go to wellness411 page on catcountry.com. We have great resources, including some information on cognitive behavioral therapy, which helps you to challenge some of your thinking or your overthinking. So that can be a good resource if you're looking for one. Go with your crunch and munch filled gut. Contact Courtney. (laughs) And also check us out on socials at Cat Country Mornings on most of those. Don't forget, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Use your smart device. Recommend that somebody that you know that may be struggling with whatever, check us out these 96 episodes. Courtney, talking about the crap that she brings in for me to eat and ruining my (laughs) mental and physical health. I know there's a cake coming for episode 100. You keep talking about it. Yeah, I keep talking about it because I want you to bring it in. All right, fine. She's the one who always brings in the treats. I just bring the pain. I want to be served. Kate. I heard there was going to be. Oh, uh, we're four episodes away from the Sara Lee. Shut up. Woo-hoo! Oh, Sara Lee. Here we go. All right. Hey, maybe I'll get you Fudgy the Whale. Thanks for coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian, episode 96. We shall see you for episode 97. And Courtney, thank you. Thank you. For the Crunch and Munch. 